Welcome to the Public Health Trends in 2021 and Beyond, What a Difference a Pandemic Makes podcast series hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. The need to find both a vaccine and a cure for COVID-19 resulted in significant investment in research and development and use of cutting-edge data management and technology solutions. The result of these efforts and investments has been the development of multiple viable COVID-19 vaccines in just six months, with the critical component towards this success being AI modeling. And now, as the vaccine is being deployed, IoT plays a similarly critical role in tracking and sensing. While this is all great news, how can we ensure that vaccines are being distributed to everyone equally? And how do the social determinants of health impact this? And how can AI and IoT be further used to break down care walls and provide patient-centric care to all? In our second podcast in this series titled Sustaining the Momentum of Digital Transformation in Public Healthcare, the Critical Role of AI and IoT in Patient-Centric Care, Lindsay Fabiano, who's the Global Enterprise Strategy Development Manager for Healthcare Insurance and Life Sciences at Verizon, and Dr. Pierre Vigilance, who is the founder and principal at HealthUp Strategy Advisors, and he's also an affiliate at CityFi, will address this further. And once again, before we jump in, I want to give a brief background on our speakers. Dr. Vigilance is a seasoned public health executive with 20 plus years of experience working in nonprofits, government, academia, and strategy consulting. His primary expertise is in population health and the social determinants of health, and he draws on a wealth of experience in health policy, community health engagement, and operations management. As a health official in Baltimore and in Washington, D.C., he led local responses to the SARS and H1N1 outbreaks and currently provides COVID-19 education and max vaccination advice to communities and healthcare partners. And Lindsay Fabiano is Verizon's Global Enterprise Strategy and Innovation Advisor for the healthcare industry. Lindsay is focused on solving big, wicked problems in healthcare with the use of connected technology. Her background is in nursing and medical sociology, and she is passionate about closing the social equity gap in healthcare delivery through community outreach, education, and innovative technologies. And for this episode, we will dive further into AI and IoT, how public and private sector healthcare agencies can better collaborate, and what the future holds. And Lindsay and Pierre, welcome back, and let's just dive in. Can you all tell us about how healthcare systems can work to break these barriers with AI and IoT, pushing innovation forward? And again, we'll start with Lindsay. Thanks, Matt. So I really think that with AI and IoT, we need to focus on incremental benefits rather than push the limits of the art of the possible with AI and IoT. AI and IoT is a great tool to leverage and improve a human-to-human interaction or reduce costs in situations where, you know, for example, back office healthcare systems where we've never really been great at doing it. So we can reduce the cost of healthcare overall and put that money towards more equitable healthcare delivery systems. I think that's one great example of how we can push innovation forward. Really taking that incremental approach and understand that this is a marathon, it's not a sprint with technology. It will continuously evolve along with our healthcare technology. One example that I wanted to talk about 
was with our 5G and our MEC technologies and AI, we're able to assist and enhance, you know, when physicians are doing screenings for colon cancer, we're able to utilize technologies like 5G and MEC to enhance the diagnostics that the physician is doing. So we are not replacing a medical professional, we are enhancing their abilities to diagnose and treat different disease processes. That's one example of incremental. We're not trying to solve for cancer or any of the above through the use of technology without the human element involved. I think that's the biggest piece that we can take away from today's discussion on how we should push innovation forward for AI and IoT. Great. Thanks, Lindsay. Pierre, once again, we'll hand it over to you. Thanks, Matt. And I think that there are three ways that healthcare systems can work to help break some of these barriers with AI and IoT particularly as they want to push innovation forward. And the first one is, and I think Lindsay sort of alluded to this, tech is an enabler. Certainly there are elements of technology, obviously the IoT, a lot of things happen without a human intervention, but there's a need for tools that go into the hands of people for them to use to facilitate certain processes and move things forward. Technology replacing people, I know there's a lot of concern with respect to that, and there are many instances where we see that in our day-to-day lives. There are certainly fewer people at the checkout stand now than there were before, and that's a function of advances in technology. But I think in healthcare and in any other human service space, we need to be careful and clear on making use of technology to enable as opposed to replace. And so we need to be enabling and upskilling certain people in that sector around the use of technology so that it can be used in the ways that we see going forward. I think that to ensure that we do this appropriately, we have to make sure, as my second point, that in developing and using those tech tools, the people who do that are aware of the role that discriminatory practices have played in health over centuries, right? Discrimination based on race, ethnicity, gender, religion, socioeconomic status, etc., all play significant roles in impacting the experience that people have when they present for healthcare, be that a virtual experience or an in-person experience, and how the technology is used, how that digital front door is used, how that tool is used in the actual room with a patient, how those things are used can impact that experience and then impact whether or not somebody wishes to re-engage in care again. So I think that breaking some of the barriers uh, with respect to how we've used technology or how we use technology requires us to be more mindful in the way that we actually make use of the technology, particularly in the patient interaction. And then the third part of things, this is that we work and need to be working more effectively as healthcare providers, public or private sector, with cross-sector partners. So partners from housing and community development, for example, 
And so exploring the IoT options that are out there that enable better recognition, tracking, monitoring, and remote assistance to help reduce isolation, improve the amount of awareness or education that communities can have, and allow for some of the social distancing to continue that we've been referring to as needed for COVID particularly, or allow for people to be able to function and thrive at home without interacting with with other people. These are all important elements of the movement forward. And so breaking down the barriers is not just what we do within health and healthcare as a siloed space, but also with respect to our partners and going back to the social determinant piece, the non-clinical partners like, as I mentioned before, housing, potentially transportation and others to facilitate a sort of broader cross-section of players that are all working together to improve health outcomes. All right, great. So let's talk about public and private healthcare agencies. So how are the public and private sector, especially on the healthcare agency side of things, working together now? And what more could they be doing to deliver innovative solutions? And again, we'll start with Lindsay. Thanks, Matt. So Public and private sector did a phenomenal job working together to really break down some barriers that existed prior to COVID-19. And what we've learned from that is that public and private collaboration is critical moving forward. We must continue to break down walls and build bridges between public and private sector. What I mean by that is prior to COVID-19, there was, you know, a wall between regulation and the actual delivery of care, the industry itself. Whereas when COVID-19 hit, it was all hands on deck. We've got to solve for this. So how do we solve for this now? That sort of thinking needs to continue to push innovation momentum forward. Examples of that would be making sure that ethics committees, technology committees are a diverse group from both the public and private sector, um, and that we all have the mindset that what we're striving for is a positive outcome for the patient itself and their health services. So I think that is the biggest takeaway that we can really address in public and private sector when we talk about working together and the forward momentum. Great. Thanks, Lindsay. Pierre, once again, we'll hand it over to you. So I think and you know, the, the public-private partnership piece is critically important, but it's also tricky. There's a lot of folks out there who would love for there to be more of these. I think that there needs to be a little bit of loosening of the grip to some extent on the government side with respect to how those partnerships are engaged in. I know we want to make sure they're ethically appropriate and from a business and fiscal perspective all done in the right way, but we sometimes can get in our own way with respect to how effectively and efficiently we can engage in these partnerships. You know, emergency operations groups are best when they are a blend of public and private partners. So when we think about, I think back to my time in local government and having great relationships with hospital systems, nursing home administrators, 
and other folks on the non-government side working very closely with our emergency preparedness unit and response units and keeping a constant flow of information between us, even when there wasn't an event happening, so that we had good relationships and awareness of each other before anything actually sort of landed in our laps. And I think that the jurisdictions that have those relationships already in place have been the ones that have been able to stand up some of the more imaginative and creative vaccination sites, for example. And that sort of segues into my next point, which is that those non-healthcare sites are important sites and opportunities, right? So relationships with the Parks and Recs Department allows you to use those locations for a vaccination clinic, for example. A failure to have that relationship or to have thought about that in advance means that you might be limited with respect to your scope. But then beyond that, partnerships with technology, development, community associations, we're seeing a number of these different spaces or groups being involved in partnership with local government to enhance the COVID education that's going on, the response to um, even the production of masks, the creation of greater community resilience by virtue of both of those things. And now as we pivot into this vaccination phase of things, the sort of enabling of vaccination efforts. Um, I was just on the phone with a health navigator a bit earlier on today who was telling me that even though her primary space is not infectious diseases because of the significant impact that COVID is having, she's working very much more closely with partners from the government and other community partners to facilitate COVID-related response be it education or vaccination, et cetera. So the partnership piece is key. Uh, I think if we want to go a long way, we have to go together. And that's why this element of things is so important. That's great. Appreciate both of your insights today. This has been a wonderful podcast. and I know we've covered off on a lot. And for our last question today, this is the future focus question. So if you don't mind, tell us what the future of care could look like with these technologies involved. And again, we'll start with Lindsay. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. It's really an exciting time to be in healthcare and technology. With the introduction of 5G and MEC, along with improvements in technologies like machine learning, AI, and IoT, I truly believe that the opportunities for improvement are limitless. And when I come to work every day, I'm passionate about striving for meeting the ideal state of healthcare delivery in an equitable manner. I think the best way to address that in the question around what the future of healthcare looks like is to look at it on a spectrum, let's say from A to Z, with Z being the ideal state of healthcare. And by the way, it's an unattainable state because it is continually evolving but we will continue to strive for that state. At the opposite end, A would be pre-COVID. Prior to COVID, we were limited in use of technologies and healthcare delivery and how we could really leverage and enhance the healthcare delivery experience. And point B is after COVID hit and utilizing these technologies in the appropriate ways. So. 
what I see happening is incremental changes in the delivery of healthcare so that we can reduce the barriers to access through these tools. We can improve the physician-patient experience on both sides. So the clinician's experience becomes more seamless as well as the patient journey through the healthcare system. And we can start to create a more equitable environment for individuals to reach the healthcare system at the point in time when they need care. So it's more convenient for them to receive that care as well. That's how I see it really playing out for the future of healthcare. Awesome. Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate that. And Pierre, for our last question, once again, we'll kick it over to you. So I think that the future looks as good as the breadth of distribution. So if you, if we do not ensure that technologies, be they from the basic end of things, meaningful, accessible from a price perspective, broadband, and when I say meaningful, I mean useful in the sense of wide enough bandwidth, fast enough speeds to actually be able to do the many things that we do in our homes. I'm amazed by the fact that my family has, I never knew this before. I look at my hub and I see there are 19 devices working through my home Wi-Fi. And I sort of wonder if there's somebody outside like pilfering my Wi-Fi connection, but it's my own home, it's the phone, it's the computer, it's the smart TV, it's the alarm system, etc. So being able to do all those things at the same time requires a particular power, if you will, in our systems and distributing that power so that everybody has access to similar power from a computing and a hardware perspective, I think is really important. So there's that end of things. Distribution leads us to that greater likelihood of creating health equity, right? Everyone's going to need something slightly different. And so we have to make sure that we're getting into populations where need is highest and providing the services that are needed there because technology can enhance outreach and engagement. It can improve health risk factor education and awareness. If we can actually get better and more technology into the hands of folks like our mobile workforce, like our community health workers and our navigators, then they can actually provide better information to the care teams that are providing the care to folks in clinics and in in hospital settings. So there's there's a, a breadth of opportunity out there, provided we spread the technologies out and spread out the ways to help people adopt the technologies and use the technologies at the same time. So I'm very optimistic and I share Lindsay's hope for the future with respect to not just health and healthcare, but actually social impact as a broader specter that health fits within. So I'm looking forward to whatever we're going to do next, uh, hoping that we can do it the right way. We would like to thank Lindsay and Pierre for taking part in this podcast series. This concludes this two-part series within the larger public health trends in 2021 and beyond. What a difference a pandemic makes podcast series 
We're Lindsay Fabiano, Global Enterprise Strategy Development Manager for Healthcare Insurance and Life Science at Verizon, and Dr. Pierre Vigilance, who is the founder and principal at HealthUp Strategy Advisors. He's also an affiliate at CityFi, discussed how the social determinants of health, AI, and IoT can all impact the current COVID-19 vaccine efforts and beyond. <laughs> 